Hi everybody, welcome to another episode of the Archivist Podcast. I'm your host Kimberly Ho, the millennial who finds interest in anything and everything with regards to architecture. So Archivist Podcast, which is an extension of the blog Archivist The Making, we like to explore or look at the intersections between architecture and everyday affairs. So in continuation of season three, which is a collaboration with my friend Gina Ho, the two of us are looking at some of our friends or interview people who we've come across and we really admire who have used architecture architecture or studied architecture or being involved in architecture at some point before encountering some crosswords or pivotal moments that would change their directions and go into something else if not stay on the course of architecture. So today I've tried not to laugh right now because I'm partially nervous when I don't need to be. I've got one of my closest friends Will Chu who is currently a digital strategist at Kiko Studio uh, which is a website company that he founded please tell me I got that information yeah yeah that's right yeah that's correct (laughs) um and also he is actually one of the most important people to the Archimist podcast because honestly if it hadn't been for Will uh and like our adventures in uni together I don't think Archimist podcast would have happened or at least be recorded to a good audio quality so Thank you for that, first of all. But before we get started, Will, I'm going to get you to introduce yourself to everybody. That's all right, Kim. Um, I am Will, uh, and I am the owner and founder of Kiko Studio, like Kim said. Uh, And it's a web design and marketing company. But otherwise, a bit about me. uh, I produce music. I like to eat out. I like to buy cheap things. I like to travel. Pretty much like everyone else. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, I studied architecture with Kim as well, and we finished in 2016, I think. Mm-hmm. And we're in a lot of classes together, a lot of groups together, uh, great times. Yeah, um, drove me here crazy. I am today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I drove Kim crazy, actually, I did. Yeah, we have some infamous stories that we may or may not share later on in the oh, <laughs> conversation. Okay, following on season three structure, we always like to ask our guest at least what got you into architecture or at least life before architecture studies. What was that like? Because I know your infamous story about why you suddenly decided to go into architecture. Oh, goodness. <laughs> we both know that. Um, <laughs> yes. Might as well to share it. <laughs> um, so in high school, pretty much my parents were like, what do you want to be? A doctor, lawyer, because we're <laughs> Asian. So they were really drilling me hard on that one. And out of everything, they started listing like jobs they sort of half approved or approved. And they were like, oh, you should just be a GP or an engineer. And then somewhere in there, I heard architecture. And I'm like, yes, that's what I want to do. Because I literally just didn't want to do anything else. So I wasn't really passionate about it or anything. And so in year 10, I went to a job placement. What is whatever that thing Work is called? Work experience. Work experience um, in architecture with Keith Streams and Associates Architect. And it was great. So in year 12, I genuinely just decided to do architecture. So yeah, it wasn't what I expected, to be honest. I sort of expected to do a lot of like, you know, drafting and and design, but like specifically like real world applications, but it was very, very different to what I expected. So, Mm. yeah. So how did you traverse or like at least swim through the architecture course? Because I think personally, when I first met you, you just came across as somebody who knew computers really well, like knew all the technology. <laughs> I think I learned most of my Rhino stuff just by observing how like your fingers <laughs> flew across the keyboard and whatnot. Yeah, I have a little flair for tech because I usually just skip 
all the little buttons and things. Everyone like looks at the software and gets all nervous. I just try find every single shortcut possible. So I watch a video to see what you can do on it. So Rhino I picked up really easily because um, of the, the way it, it works. But yeah, when I got into architecture, how did I traverse it? It was <laughs> not what I expected. I really liked the tech side of things like the rendering um, and the modeling. And I really dislike the theory side of things, I guess. <laughs> so I prioritized um, and made sure I was good at the tech side of things. And I just sort of cruised through uni, to be honest. Um, yeah. And I, I didn't do everything really properly, but I still did it. <laughs> yeah, that was my whole thing. Yeah, I think what you were known for, forgive me if I say this, but it was just the fact that you were so generous with your time, um, especially like when it came to renders. I remember back in our second year studio that we did together, everybody was like surrounding <laughs> you when you were giving like a really quick crash course on how to make things better and such. I think like maybe before we segue into like the main whole conversation such, I think, I guess visualization was probably one of your strongest points in uni and has that always been there like even before you went into architecture like did you take this calm and such or did you was there something that inspired you to go to that route um definitely i i studied viscom um in high school um and my year 12 project was actually an architectural project hmm. uh, and in that i didn't actually do that much except for prioritized rendering like i didn't do a floor plan or anything i just made so many renders and tested so many different ways to use v-ray mm -hmm. but in uni the funny thing is i sort of skipped v-ray and just went to photoshop so i photoshopped everything from scratch or with like v-ray clay renders yeah. yeah that was impressive i think thanks to that that was what i ended up doing for my <laughs> finals anyway it's like using it's so quick muscles. so quick no more waiting eight hours for render Oh, I hated that time where I actually was so stressed out. It was like my render was taking 12 hours for some reason. It was that one angle for some yeah. reason. That angle took 12 hours, whereas like I thought a more complicated angle would take longer than that. But then it finished within three minutes. I'm like, excuse me. <laughs> yeah, Why are you doing knows this how it me? works. And so like continuing on that because you also decide not to do masters as well. So... No. Why was that and what did you do after your bachelor's then? To be honest, in first year, I sort of figured it was just a first year thing that I didn't really like architecture mm -hmm. um, at that point. But in second year, I sort of realized, no, it's the course. And then in third year, it was too late. So I just finished <laughs> it. Um, but um, let me see. What, sorry, what was, what was the question? <laughs> No, I was just asking you, like, why didn't you study, like, continue to master's and ah, what yes. did you do afterwards? Yeah, so after I realized that I didn't like it in, th in third year, I sort of just finished it. Um, but it's not like I regret it um, because I realized that everything I learned and picked up through Photoshop and Illustrator and sort of the graphic side of things, I was mm. actually really good at and I could apply to something else. Mm. Um, so after architecture... Um, I found just random part-time jobs and I produced music on the side. I tried to start a cleaning company first mm. uh, and after that failed, um, I tried to start a company where I printed sort of these scrolls, like these images on wall scrolls. And that worked and I made quite a bit of money off it. Um, 
but then I I sort of bumped into someone at the gym and um, at that point because I had made the websites for both of the other things I sort of knew how to do website design so um, I, I then found a job where I did website design mm-hmm. um, and marketing uh, with barely any qualifications and I got really really good at it so I started my own company in it pretty much yeah the the interesting turn of events yeah it is um especially the music production side because that was also one of the things we knew of what you were doing as a side hobby or side hustle as you would call it tell me more about that yeah so i i like to produce music and i did a lot of like audio engineering um just creating and having fun Hmm. I've pretty much only made one big track, real big track, uh, <laughs> but but everything else was sort of just on the side as for fun. So the song I made was um, called Honey Sea, and it's with Iverus. Yeah, um, I remember that one. I think it's got like 800,000 800, streams or something, it's something ridiculous. <laughs> it's pretty good. But otherwise, um, it's just been a hobby. I, at one point, when I was having like a semi-quarter life crisis, I sort of realized I should put more time into it. But then after it was over, I realized I didn't want to do it um, as much because yeah. it just wasn't a viable career option at that stage. Would you also say that it's also because it's kind of a hobby or a release for you that there is a bit of fear that you might come to dislike it if you were spending a lot of time on it then? That was a big thing for me because I could only concentrate on music for like, honestly, two hours at a time. Mm -hmm. Um, And as soon as I spent longer than that or I forced myself to spend longer times than that, it just felt like a chore. Mm. Um, So for me to become a professional in it, I'd obviously have to spend, you know, eight hours a day minimum, I would say, because it takes so long to create a track. Yeah. that I just don't, didn't think it was the right choice for me. Yeah, fair enough. And I yeah. guess that is the reason why you found yourself in website design. And Absolutely. So how did website come along? Because you jumped straight in thinking, wait, 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 there has <laughs> to be a backstory towards all of it. So while I was trying to do my entrepreneurial things, yeah. um, <laughs> I, I started pretty much to start the companies uh, and the businesses that I tried to start, I needed the website. So I watched so many videos, so, so many videos on how to do it. I jumped straight into it. um, And I actually made two pretty good websites. Um, And that's when I realized, oh, this can be part of my skill set now. So then when I dropped my part-time job after uni, I went on the job hunt and I found like a web and graphics position Mm. um, at a hardware company. and I hopped in and I pretty much spent eight months hardcore learning about it even more mm. because I was applying it to real life, like serious scenarios. So every morning I sort of got up and watched tutorials um, and then I worked and then I got home, ate dinner and then watched tutorials. Mm. Like that was my whole life for like eight months. But yeah, now I'm, I, I really enjoy it and pretty much at the gym I met someone who was like oh my friend owns a company and he's looking for a new website and I've seen your work um, and it looks like you do a really good job so I was like yeah I'll do his website and after that I just founded it yeah Yeah, I think it's interesting the way 
you've kind of dealt with things it's also that sense of confidence that you have which I think for a lot of us oh I don't know how many people can say this but for me personally is the fact that you're able to carry things with confidence or have that um how do I say this you're proud of your work you can tell that or at least I hope the listeners can say that they can tell that you are very proud of the accomplishments that you have done in particular (laughs) and I think this is probably throwing it out of the ballpark. I'm not sure if you've heard of the term imposter syndrome or have you ever felt like at one point that you're doing all of this but you felt, I don't know, did you feel like you were in the right place or not? Um, look, there was, a, there was a bridge, okay, where I was still in my last job and then I needed to quit because I need to spend more time on this. Mm. And I was scared because I was like, uh, if I quit uh, and this isn't the right job for me, I really can't. It's going to be so hard for me to get anywhere after this. Like, do I return to master's? Do I go <laughs> back to uni and study something really Asian <laughs> um, and just, you know, live and make money? Um, but n- no, it just worked out. And I really, really like it. I, I-, I don't know. Um, I don't know mm. if this was where I expected to be, but I just really, really like the work that I do. Yeah, yeah. So I'm guessing, so when was Kiko found? Then was Kiko found during the course of your website, like the making of your website, or how long did it take for you to start establishing yourself? Um, so I created my first client website in September 2019, mm-hmm. uh, and then Kiko was found in February. Mm-hmm. So I maybe throughout January... Um, I realized I could start my own agency, so I was sort of building it up, and then I officially launched in February. Mm. Um, And, yeah, since then it's been crazy. Yeah. Tell me about the craziness of it. (laughs) Uh, Well, pretty much this client um, is is such a nice guy, and he referred me to quite a few people, Um, and then those people referred me to other people, Uh, and then I started getting found in Google as well, so pretty much non-stop work for me now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's good yeah. do you think Kiko, because it is currently web design right now something mm. that i am curious about to know is whether how long you are going to stay in the web design space for or if not like do you think you'll branch off into other places my goal is to well me personally i'm not the best at the design itself i'm really good at making like websites functional and clean and easily navigatable Mm. but ideally in my scenario i want to sort of get into the marketing side of things which i'm sort of already in Mm. and then i want to become just the business owner so i want to have people to do this stuff and i want to to the management side of things i know owning a business is really interesting because like my position in the company always changes mm-hmm. so from primarily design to like primarily marketing and then to primarily running the thing in the future i think mm. uh, and not having as much to do with the other two aspects mm. uh, i think it's going to be interesting do you think you'll come across any much of the challenges as well because it seems smooth sailing for the time being but like i think there'll be plenty i think there'll be plenty of challenges <laughs> um I, i've noticed some challenges technically already yeah. um it's like having to update everyone's websites and then when you update the websites making sure they don't break so it's like 
coming up with different various pricing structures for all these things, um, learning from all my mistakes, and then realizing that the design that you did and you're happy with at the time, you're not really happy with now, which I think that's probably across all design, you know, especially even architecture. But yeah, I think it's interesting because one of the big things I didn't like about architecture as much is there's no like, there's, it's really hard because there's no measurable way to tell how good your design is. Like people can say it's good, but you don't, yeah. you can't be like, oh, this is like 20% happier. <laughs> whereas in whereas in web design and marketing you can like check your analytics and your statistics and mm. uh, and you can tell immediately when something's working and when something doesn't from the sounds of it you're more interested or you feel a bit more fulfillment when there is a bit of certainty in feedback is that it yeah yeah as like as bad as that sounds i guess i think it's bad in a way <laughs> mm. um i i need to see the numbers to know that what i'm doing is making a, an impact and if i don't see like any numbers it's really hard for me to tell how good i'm doing so yeah i think that's one of the plus sides of web design mm. um and i i think that's why to really be into architecture you have to really be into architecture um, sorry, to become an architect, you should really be into it. I think what you've brought on, like in terms of when you're saying about how seeing numbers gives you that like awareness of how well it is, it's quite interesting because right now, the time frame that we're interviewing right now is within like the recent architecture awards. Not sure if you know that's happening, <laughs> but there's a, it's going on with the No AI idea, <laughs> no idea. <laughs> I guess you've been out of the world yeah, for not, quite no a clue. long time. And I'm going to agree with you there. It's about how do we judge a project, like whether it is good or not, because I feel like ultimately when it comes down to architecture, it is the user interface. Like website, of course, it's that immediate user interface that would determine how successful it is. Yeah. Whereas for architecture, our projects... We generally can't tell until that project has been, I don't know, utilized for at least like a year, if not five years or 10 yeah, years yeah, for exactly. us to determine, which is harder. And it's hard, yeah. Even the sense of space, I would say, because remember when we met up earlier this year, before, like just before we went back into lockdown, you were telling uh, yes. me about like, Aphantasia wasn't it like when you were talking about that yeah I, I didn't realize I had it um but Aphantasia for the viewers that don't or listeners that don't know it's like I don't have a mind's eye so I can't picture people's faces and things after I, I don't see them so I, I I don't know it's hard to describe I know what they look like but I can't see their faces in my brain pretty much mm -hmm. um and I think uh, it probably applies to architecture and stuff. I can't remember what buildings look like, but I remember what they should look like. <laughs> it's it's hard to describe, but yeah, I've got that fantasia. No, I think it is a good thing that you told me about because it made me think about eventually later down the line of how do we communicate architecture you know yeah, um yeah. like especially when we want to sell our projects and such it would be interesting of like apart from just the aesthetics and like the videos of it 
there has to be something else like I get because of privacy reasons and also you want to build a really grand portfolio you're always showing the pristine side of things but going back to the website now it would be interesting to see if your clients like your future clients will then start going to like will be from the architecture or the design industry yeah it's interesting because i've actually got a design client today i'm talking (laughs) to today so yeah it's i'm starting to pick up there as well so Mm. i think you know what it it actually i just realized this is why i was really into like rendering and stuff i think Uh and um in uni i did that like virtual reality project as well Remember wait that was it that avs class that we, yeah, was it the studio it, that we were in together yeah yeah that's right and i modeled it on like a game uh game development software called mm-hmm. unreal engine and you could walk through the building and stuff because i couldn't picture i can't picture floor plans mm. like i can't see how floor plans will look in real life pretty much mm. yeah yeah it would be cool like it would be interesting to see how like the websites like especially when you're building on your clientele it would be interesting to see which avenue is going to be the most popular for now because does this is my first time hearing that you've got a design client because most of the projects i know are how do i say this bit more would practical be the right word the the very business thing. <laughs> yeah yeah they're very like enterprise companies mm. very enterprise companies yeah um yeah i think this is actually my first design client mm-hmm. so yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out yeah and then yeah. do you think anything like the stuff that you've obtained during architecture studies do you think that would help in some way I definitely think so, uh, 100%. It's uh, it's not the architecture as much, but I think just learning about design in general mm. um, really helps. And I think the longer you're around like good design, you realize what it is across the board, and you realize what it is even in like um, in in like random graphic design like you can tell if a business card is good or not um (laughs) and you don't use like you know um, microsoft office 2000 weird 3d uh font effects and stuff (laughs) um yeah i I think i think the architecture side of things Mm. maybe not as much learning about user experience in architecture that is something that i can definitely apply to this um but for the most part it's the it's the just general design side of things which i can definitely apply yeah Yeah. and having said that you said you know what is good design across the board what is your opinion of good design then putting you on the spot here yeah (laughs) (laughs) i mean look it's hard it's hard to say 100 percent. okay the biggest thing is like ease of use um Mm -hmm. in a practical term it's ease of use and simplicity to read while just being while just being nice to look at yeah um i would say that's the main thing especially in website design and of course you can have like great designs which aren't easy to use and stuff but um because i'm so used to creating websites for businesses for me Mm -hmm. that's what that's what i look for do you have a dream project that you would love to do one day? 
Ooh, a dream project. Or a dream um, type of website layout you want to do. To be honest, I try to... Um, any like real dream I have, I sort of try to put into my own website, like any random things yeah. uh, into my agency website. But um, otherwise, I haven't really thought about it. <laughs> well, you've got time to think about it now. <laughs> to be honest, I didn't think I'd make it this far. <laughs> <laughs> like I thought, you know, I'd just freelance for a little bit and then struggle. But no, this has been insane. So I, I haven't actually ever thought about it. Thinking about it now, if I had a dream project, it'd mm. probably be like a company. It doesn't have to be a specific company, but any company that can be slightly creative, that has a lot of money just to put into random animations and things, I think that'd be awesome. Uh, but because, yeah, I'm working for so many businesses, which they think about, you know, budget and things. Yeah. They don't have the money to put into me making something extravagant. So... Mm. they're just business websites yeah which is still fun but you know <laughs> you still want something to i don't know excite or challenge in some ways because yeah. again when you were saying that you'd like to do those animations it kind of draws a line to your interests and your fascination with rendering as well yeah i think so so who knows like if you suddenly join a gaming like if you designed a website for a gaming company i don't know if they need a website designer but there there is potential there or um, i think i would want to work my way up to it because yeah. they're actually so difficult to make those ah. ones uh, if you have a look at like any of them like i think valorant when it came out oh their website was like insane i don't think i could make it honestly <laughs> um but maybe one day um that's something i'd want to get into yeah absolutely yeah uh, honestly any company as long as they have the funds to just make something like extra mm -hmm. i think i would really be into that it's extra yeah. with practicality involved. extra with practicality involved yeah <laughs> absolutely <laughs> like yeah, yeah. I think I think I'd want a company that has the money to hire extra people mm -hmm. like photographers and videographers and things. Mm. Yeah. Mm. That's pretty much uh, what I want. Yeah, I think mean, it's a nice goal to look into as well. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess maybe just to perhaps use this question to submit it now before we ask other things. So mm. I've evidently this season is about is this what you wanted so looking mm. back at all your interesting combinations <laughs> and like adventures so far do you yeah. think this is what you wanted yeah i wouldn't have changed a thing honestly yeah this is what i want mm -hmm. in the middle i was really confused um and i was ready to sort of give up at some stage um and just go study like law or engineering or something sorry to all <laughs> the lawyers out there uh, <laughs> but um I think everything worked out well somehow. So this is pretty much everything I wanted. Yeah. No, I'm trying to picture, like, when you were talking about drafting, if you did go into design, um, building design instead, where it was more mm. drafting and such, I wonder what would have that have happened as mm. well? Like, how would have that manifested? Yeah, I don't know. I'm not really sure. Um, I was definitely tempted to look into visualization jobs 
um and I, oh i forgot at one stage i actually tried to start like a 3d architecture visualization company ah yeah. tell me more <laughs> okay we need to learn about this well. <laughs> sure like i bought like a mini computer i built it um and i bought some vr goggles and i had my friend who um was into game development mm. um and programming um mm. help me learn unreal engine um mm. so i learned a lot about photorealistic uh, virtual reality architecture projects where you could walk through buildings before they're built. Um, mm. And there's not that many applications, but we were hoping that like owners of giant apartment complexes would want this because then they can show, um, because apartments have a lot of the same sort of layout for each of the rooms. You can show so many you know, rooms at once and it would be cost viable. Yeah. But we just didn't find clients for the price that it would have cost, which would would have been like five to fifteen thousand yeah. dollars for a, a project. We just didn't find that many clients, so that was a fail. <laughs> but but it was it was interesting. I learned quite a lot from it. I think it, again, it comes down to people realizing the importance of it. Or, um, I guess. It sounds weird to say this, but it could potentially be when will that trend take off, if you ask yeah, me. I'm yeah. not the world's biggest fan of visualization. A lot of yeah. people wouldn't know that. But yeah. I think, again, when the fact that you talked about how you can't visualize space, like when you can't read floor plans and such. Yeah. I guess having that type of mechanism is perhaps going to help the industry in some way, or at least like, allow people to have a bit more decisiveness or allow the architects to f- or designers to form a better relationship and communication between the clients. Yeah, I think so. Uh, you know what? I think that sort of business would have actually taken off during COVID um, mm. if I stuck to it just because it's you can sell overseas apartments without having to you know, be there mm. because of how realistic it is. Uh, if you just fly overseas and show them like this thing or you don't even have to fly overseas you can actually set up like a like a game yeah and you don't even need the goggles or anything you just walk through it i think it would have been really cool yeah but maybe not as viable as just web design maybe but yeah. i guess we'll just have to wait in a couple of years time to see how you progressed and tracked as well you need to tell me yeah. more about this design client later once we finish recording by the way yeah sure i want to hear more about this as well as yeah. we catch up and um but i think if anything like i there is a lot to learn from you i know perhaps like we can talk about endless things, but I think it's once we're in a recording setting, it can get a little bit awkward. Yeah, <laughs> personal, <laughs> personal. Yeah, perhaps. <laughs> Do you have a letter to yourself, like something we'd like to, all our guests in this segment to just close the letters off, like close off with something that they'd like to say to themselves in the past as well to themselves in the future? Um, look, for me in the past, I, I would genuinely just say, just keep at it. Uh, and do what you're doing. <laughs> um, for me in the future, I want to say, um, I want to, I would tell myself not to forget why I started this stuff in the first place mm. uh, and to not get too caught up in doing so much work like I am now. Because uh, I, I sort of started like these things because I had a goal of just 
traveling overseas and doing work whenever I wanted pretty much uh, and still working but like not having to work just wanting to work so I would tell my future self to remember that so that I don't kill myself through overworking yeah I would also tell you I would tell you to do that now <laughs> because you always <laughs> work so much so he's like to you oh yeah how are you doing i'm really busy today like i just feel like how most of our conversations start yeah at the moment i think you know when you start a business like first year or two is cooked for sure so hopefully after that i'll be fine (laughs) hope so too i mean it sounds like it's it's a promising adventure like i'm looking forward to seeing how it grows because I'm still surprised that you only found it Kiko, like Kiko officially established like this year because I feel like I've known it for so long. Yeah, yeah. That it's bizarre to me that it's still quite fresh, actually. I'm surprised too. Like the the amount of work I've done, it's just ridiculous how I've Mm. started in February and I've had so many websites and clients since till now. Yeah, Yeah. very happy for you, Will. Thank you. Thank you. I'm very happy as well. I'm very happy just overall in general. Yeah, so good. All right, Will, before you go, do you have any closing comments or do you have any social handles that you'd like to share with us? Uh, any closing comments? Um, look, if you need help at all with any business or anything at all, just hit me up. Um, you can follow me on Instagram at it's Will Q. It's Will Chu, so <laughs> um, yeah. Um, well, Kim will have all the handles on her page anyway. Yeah. Um, but yeah, feel free to just talk to me and um, ask me anything. I'm happy to reveal everything. <laughs> yeah, he's a very open book, guys. Honestly, I, I am an can't open book. thank you enough. Um, again, yeah. thank you so much for being part of this season. I hope you enjoyed it, Will. Yeah, um, thank you for having me. It was actually great fun. Stop like a chat. That's good. Well, guys, if you've got any other questions or suggestions that you'd like us to talk about or discuss, uh, please follow us on Instagram as well at at Alchemist in the Making, one one word. But in the meantime, please stay safe again, and we'll see you for another episode. Bye. Bye bye.